think the most common thing is take by force where you take supplies from people. And I think as you look at that too, from a, a mentality standpoint, now you take all that and you put it in an eight-year-old child. Yeah. And from the day you're born, you're like, you can do insane things. You're going to, you know, it, it is the Superman complex, right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 307 RPG Podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Nolan. Hi, I'm Zach. Okay, so I have to make a promise real quick. I swear that on this episode, I will not go off on a negative diatribe like I did last week. <laughs> I swear I will do my best to stay positive this morning. I once again woke up in a good mood, and I'm going to stay that way. I hope. <laughs> so with that being said, what's new, guys? Care. Anything fun and exciting? No. Uh, really? You're both uh, just really. like, no. Yeah. No, it's not. It's nope. been... I don't know. It was the slowest fast week ever getting ready for back to school. Uh, kind of makes everything weird. So, yeah. Your, your boys are what, third two. in kindergarten? Is yep. That correct? Yep. Two boys going in, right? Yeah. Thank goodness. No more, less more daycare bill. Yeah. More money Gosh. for games. Well, there you go. You know, I, yeah, I, but, that daycare but, bill. I was talking to some people who have smaller kids that, that still have a couple years before they're even get into kindergarten and it's just i am astounded at how much daycare it's it's it is absolutely crazy yeah it's the, something else la, i think last year during school year i think we averaged 250 dollars a week and then since summer because both of them are there it's about 375 so wow. yeah gotta have a full-time job to send your kid to daycare yeah right. and that's just to pay the daycare bill yep just to pay the daycare so and if you're buying... also, I, also i know that you don't have to pay for daycare but I, you and Janae are both pretty tall. Those boys are going to be big, and they're going to eat a lot. <laughs> we just start slipping protein powder into everything, and they're always full. That's nice. Just, I swear, go to a go to a restaurant with Nolan and watch him order chicken strips, okay? Because the first time Nolan and I actually went out together, it was hilarious. We're at a magic tournament in Casper. He's shaking his head because he knows exactly what I'm going to say. And Janae and the kids were down in Douglas, and Nolan goes to it's this peaches. It's name of this dive restaurant in casper and nolan's like well i'll get some chicken some chicken strips he gets like a i don't know four or six piece or something he's like let me get two more orders to go and i'm like okay cool and he's like yeah you know it's for you know janae's not home so it's for later and then he eats it all it was good chicken (laughs) i guess (laughs) i didn't have to eat later because i already ate it i mean i did (laughs) eat later but you didn't have to but you did Mm. and yet Nolan continues to stay slim and trim, and I eat one piece of chicken and gain 20 pounds. Bullshit. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to change for me someday. So, Yeah. Going to enjoy um, it while I can. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Either of you play any fun games this week? Uh, just for me, uh, World of Warcraft has been the, the thing. I've uh, been doing some, not progression rating, but been rating and moving through Heroic, which is fun. Uh, it was a nice push week in Mythic Plus, and yeah. I don't know. It's something to do. Uh, I've got a sidewall of the Dragon Age trilogy that I'm trying to decide if I'm going to start or wait to see if they actually remaster. Um, but every time like I, I click on it, I load it, and I'm like, nah, I'm not. I, I don't know. I'm not ready for that kind of commitment in my life right now because <laughs> it's 100-some hours. And then, wow. Yeah. Honestly, I only played Dragon Age 2 on a PlayStation, and that was a mistake. I will um, say I downloaded them on PC and then through everything, like 
upgrading the graphics and stuff like that. It's how many years old now? I don't know when it came out, but it looks amazing. Like, I mean, it just legitimately, yeah. I don't know. I For a game made in nine months oh, under ridiculous circumstances, like, I think Dragon Age 2 is a lot better than people gave it credit for. Yeah, it was such a different thing. It came out in 2011, and it looks like a brand new game. Uh, just with on the on the PC, cranked everything up to ultra, and I don't know. I'm excited for four. I can't. I, I guess I can wait, but I'm hoping they do an amazing job. Nice, nice. Zach, any fun games for you this week? Uh, I'm playing. I think my favorite video game series is the Tales of series. It's like a JRPG kind of thing, and I haven't played any of the new ones in a very long time. The Tales of Arise is coming out in just a little bit, and it looks like maybe they're they've decided to make a good game this time. So I was looking at that. So I'm gonna play through Tales of Berseria, which was the last one to come out in 2016. Not very good, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get through it. And it then maybe I'll really go back good. to Tales of Zestria, which is even worse, and try and do that one. Nice, nice. But yeah, Tales of Arise, it looks cool. It looks like they finally were like, we've been making a shitty game for like 10 years now. Maybe we should just try and make a good one. Tales of Berseria is shockingly high on the scores rating. I know, and I don't want to like, I don't want to take a fight with people, but I'm just like, are we playing the same game? I have a lot of nitpicks. The story is actually really good, but uh, the Tales series usually knocks that out of the park, so. I, I like a game, because the Tales series is like a deconstructive thesis, especially on fantasy tropes. And I like that Berseria is like, how do you deconstruct the revenge narrative? Okay. Like, Because the revenge narrative is like, you know, at the very end of it, the main character digs two graves. And Berseria is just like, nah, man, go for it. You should take revenge. That dude sucks. And like, this guy is bad. All these guys are bad. And the world would be better off if you just took him out, even if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Now, I'm not going to say it's a bold narrative. It's at least an interesting one. But the gameplay is absolute ass. <laughs> that's not fun. I think that's a tough thing, too. Like, uh, you can, I don't know, very rarely do you get both, right? Like, sometimes it's, like, the most fun game to play ever, but the story's not there, and you just kind of keep coming back for the hack and slash or whatever it is. Um, but I guess that's why there are so few, like, classics. You right. nail both of them, and... And I think our expectations are different now too. I, I I I can't imagine trying to make a video game in this day and age. I mean, everybody's attached to a, a social site that is allowed to voice their opinions. And um, again, it's like reviews when you're in a restaurant, right? One person can be unhappy, and nine people can be happy, and that one person's going to tell the world and be as loud as possible, where you don't know the other you know nine are happy. So you can. Yeah. I think we get turned off of a lot of games because. People with influence who have access, you know, somebody puts out a YouTube video about how bad this is and nobody touches it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would not want to be a maker of games these days. There's a YouTuber named Skillshare. Or not Skillshare, Skillup? Skillshare is a, <laughs> Skillshare is a sponsor. Uh, Skillup, and he is, his big break was that he said that The Last of Us 2, that he didn't enjoy it. Right, and he wasn't actually negative, but there was a subset of chuds on the internet that hated the game, 
And so his big break was getting the exposure from a bunch of people who thought he agreed with them. And it became like this negative echo chamber, even though the, mm. even though he was like, it's not for me, but it's still a good game. Well, and I think it's uh, so easy to latch onto, oh, one of us mentality. You know what I mean? And so yeah. we see that a lot. Like, And uh, I notice that on my YouTube feeds a lot. Like, I didn't enjoy what they did with He-Man from a He-Man standpoint. And I watched a couple of videos on like what they did or Kevin Smith. And then now all of a sudden I've just got hate like for everything yeah. up there like oh woke community sjw and it's just like i i just watched a video on like if there was any kind of like why he-man wasn't in he-man you know and then it's not called yeah. he-man okay get over it like move on but continuing to make videos about it continue to do that and then yeah then it turns into doom scrolling and it's like holy smokes there's a lot of angry people on the internet i guess i knew that i just when you see it has three four hundred thousand views on why you know something bad happening or so-and-so doing something and it's like, i can't remember that one guy that was uh, uh i can't think of his name now that was very much anti-mtg and uh i i'm gonna i know his name it's the quartering yes unfortunately his the stuff guy. pops up on my feed now because yeah and it's like that dude i don't know that if i've has, seen a positive video but it is just that man has commodified other people's hatred like yeah. I know it's just a grift, but that's how that guy makes money is riling up an anti SJW frenzy so people will watch his movies or his yeah. videos. I think he had, I think he made like a hundred like episodes on just anti Brie Larson stuff because oh, of wow. Captain Marvel. Like the man's absolutely insane. I mean, he's making good money, I'm yeah. sure. The YouTube like, comments are a toxic cost? playground. and yeah. So I, yeah. I actually have a story about this guy. You really? I do. Now that I see who he is, he's changed his name. He hasn't always been the court. Um, if I remember correctly, his first name is Jeremy. Um, a couple years back when I was at Grand Prix Las Vegas, uh, this guy was there. And he, it's funny because like he talks about like hate of magic and things like that. And, and, but he's an avid magic player, like hardcore. If you look at his like, if you look at his the background of his of his channel, he's got all sorts of like Funkos and magic stuff and things like that. Anyway, he went off on a friend of mine, a judge friend of mine by the name of Joe. And he also went off on uh, uh, the guys at Channel Fireball and just kind of lost his mind and was threatening him and stuff like that. And I just remember you know, we had all kind of talked about it in our meeting because uh, I was part of the uh, setup and teardown crew. We could just kind of handle everything throughout the event. And we had to discuss this guy and talk about, you know, we're not to talk to him. We're to stay away from him. Um, you know, things along that nature. And I, just, I was sitting in the, the little cafe at the hotel and he came in and was talking with people and just it didn't have anything positive to say. I don't know this guy personally at all. I don't want anybody to think that I'm trashing him or anything like that because I don't know him. I don't appreciate people who speak negatively like this because I think there's way too much negativity in the world. But hey, if that's a stitch, then whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have seen, you know, <laughs> we've had to have uh, talks in the ma in the Magic Judge community about this individual in particular. I think he finally got perma banned. I don't think he's allowed to go to tournaments. Good, because he's toxic as shit. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. So that's how, like, that's how toxicity comes about. I didn't mean to, like, drag us on this tangent. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, any game that you're playing, Patrick? 
Diving into Total uh, War, Warhammer 2. I, oh, I wish. I really do wish I was playing games. Uh, my life has been so ridiculously busy with meetings and working late and, you know, working in a nursing home. The stark reminder that COVID is still very real, um, including in our fire department. Like I was telling you guys in the show notes, we had two members of my fire department test positive. As a result, we've had to take some drastic actions to protect not only the department, but the community that we serve. And yesterday, like one of those actions, although not drastic, yesterday my wife and I were up at the station just thoroughly wiping down everything with Clorox wipes to just disinfect things. I have to meet with the board on Wednesday to discuss how we're going to move forward. I don't know. It's just, you know, as a volunteer department and everybody working and everybody doing their own thing, you kind of have to take extra steps to protect the department so you can continue to serve your community. So those are the steps that we're moving through now. Last year, when this all broke out, we suspended all trainings and all gatherings at the department and basically just made it a ghost town unless you're responding to calls. We're trying to avoid that this year. Trying to, I'm trying to figure out a way that maybe we can do squad trainings where you're training with less people and trying to, if that way, if like, if A squad gets COVID, hopefully B and C doesn't kind of thing. Yeah. So. Like I said, I'm meeting with the board on Wednesday, so it sounds like my week this week is going to be jam-packed with more meetings, longer work hours. It's not fun, but yeah. it, it is what it is. I'm that sorry. Meh, I'm not worried about it. Not worried about it at all. I do, I do want to go into something real quick before we jump into the news. Kind of circling back to our topic last week of Beatles and Grimm, because I've been pretty critical of Beatles and Grimm. You know, I've I've talked pretty poorly about them and but I still think their products are very expensive. I I was very fortunate this week. You know, it's not every day that you have friends who sorry about that. Sometimes people come into your life and they're just so amazing, you know? Whether you realize it or not. And I'm very blessed that I have the two of you and that I have um, my friend Mary. And this week, Nolan did something that completely floored me. And I swore I wasn't going to get this way. It's all right. But I, I have to put my weightlifting gloves on here. This is the legendary edition for Curse of Strahd from Beatles and Grimm. And this thing is heavier than you can even imagine. I'm actually genuinely struggling to hold it, and that's why I have to put it on my shoulder. And it is just jam-packed with some of the coolest stuff that you could ever imagine playing Curse of Strahd with. And now, Nolan sitting on off to my left shoulder is the Curse of Strahd revamped that Nolan bought. And I was really kind of getting scared because that was also when I had COVID. And now this shows up, and I'm like, oh, shit, does this mean I have COVID again? Um, I, I'm going to be posting stuff to TikTok later to show people what this is like because it is incredible. I mean, it's just amazing what they have done with this product. And I get it that it is super expensive. Now, this is just one box, and give me just a second. As I gently put that down without tearing my bicep, um, there's these, they're hard to see, but these little plushies, you can see Strahd right there. Uh, some There's werewolves and things they're, like that uh, in there. They're little finger puppets. Is that what I kind of figured that's what they so were you having. put them on there and like when it, they're really creepy looking doll things. And so that way they can look at you and trip you out. I don't know. 
It, it seems the most silliest thing, but God, the more you stare at it, the more like, put the damn thing away, all right? It'd be the type of thing that you would like set up on a corner to mess with your children. And be like, I didn't move them. I don't know what's happening. I, I was beginning to wonder if this was like a bottle of wine <laughs> at first when I first opened it. But these are all the maps, all the maps that you could possibly wow. need to play Curse of Strahd. And the quality of the maps, I mean, it's not just paper. And these are a fairly high quality paper. And, and I, I'd imagine you're going to have to be, you know, that way to um, prevent, protect them so you can reuse them. I, you know, I, I, I really wish this was the weekend that we were playing D&D because &D, I, I would want both of you here so we could just pour through this. And in fact, if you're not doing anything later, come over, we'll have a drink and pour through this <laughs> because it is, it's, it's phenomenal. It is absolutely amazing. And I just... I don't have the words, Nolan. I, just oh, don't. I think we've talked about it a few times. Like, okay, so from a money standpoint, um, you really need to be into the place you're going. I mean, yeah. I, and, and I think that's the thing is it has to be something that is, you know, I don't, I don't know if you just buy everyone um, for the sake of buying one. If you've got the money and stuff like that, I think it, it, it's a completely different story. But I don't know. Strahd seems to be our thing. We've, we've got the it, – it's cool. It gives us a little bit of the vampire. It, I think it'll be something that uh, you can enjoy for a while. We can enjoy looking forward to seeing it. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things of it, it looks cool. I'm happy they brought it back. This is their second run of it. The first one sold out almost instantly and wasn't able to pick it up. So they brought it back around, promising this is the last time that they're going to reprint it. We'll see if that happens. But uh, it, when I saw that it had a 14.6 pound shipping box, I was like, oh, God. Oh no! Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not kidding. It is, it is that that heavy. It is mind-bogglingly heavy. Yeah, it's it looks pretty cool. Like I said, I I think it's one of those things of I I think we like that realm enough that I felt like it was good value. I probably wouldn't do it for like the new Fey one. Um, just again, not necessarily my jam, and I don't feel like it's our table's jam. But I could be wrong on that one there. But. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it looked cool. I don't know about the puppets. I would thought that was kind of weird. And then the more I looked at them, I was like, they look kind of creepy in the weirdest way. Like, it's like the little dolls rolling around on the bicycles and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's just enough creep factor to freak out your table. Well, it's it's pretty amazing. And I cool. just... Yeah, I, I really genuinely have no words. Hey, no. Hope you enjoy it. How about we enjoy it? <laughs> we will. We will. Okay, now that I'm all sappy and shit, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons real quick. Speaking of cute and creepy, <laughs> did either of you get a chance to look at these little little bastards? So uh, there's a, a little tiny bit of news from Dungeons and Dragons this week, and it's WizKids has a new line of D and D themed plushies. These are scheduled to release next month, and they are part of their funny P H U N N Y plushie line which launched last year with Magic the Gathering, uh, which was made up of a bunch of different planeswalkers for Magic. This new line will include a beholder, a displacer beast, which I don't know if you saw the displacer beast, but there's something hanging out of its mouth, which just cracked me up. Uh, a mimic and an owl bear, And the owl bear looks kind of intimidating. I They are, look like they've got a really good quality to them. I mean, that's... And I think they're fun, and I think we're seeing... Um, I think this, uh, again, with the Fae Light, whatever it is, um, coming, where you can defeat the entire thing without combat, 
uh, I think that's where, you know, younger generations get bogged down and uh, you can get lost in the dice rolls and it turns into that kind of a, a numbers game where this here can be just a lot more uh, play and tell the story. And I think that's going to be really neat for a younger generation. I think it's good timing for it. I mean, we buy squishies of Pokemon all the time. Why not? I mean, give me a dragon size of a teddy bear that you win at a carnival and I'll probably consider it. That's probably a good point. I, I, I looked at the Beholder because you both know that I love Beholders and I was like, if mm-hmm. that just looked a little bit more menacing, I would probably. But it looks it looks really like it, it looks almost too cute for me. Um, but I think it's going to make a lot of people happy. Uh, again, the Displacer Beast cracked me up with something hanging out of its mouth. So, is this something either of you would consider purchasing, like for your kids or, or anything? Zach, how about you? Would, is this something you would consider purchasing? Well, I don't have kids. No, um, I know that, but... It's not something that I would purchase, but I do support it. Cool. Um, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think plushies can be seen as very weird because it's like a stuffed animal and people perceive stuffed animals as being for children. But if you think of it as a collectible item that is soft and can squeeze into a box without breaking, and if it falls off your shelf, it isn't just annihilated instantly... I have a lot of heavy special edition books. And if those things were made out of foam, it would be, I would be very, very happy. Well, but instead, again, but we all have those shelves. We all have, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, so it's not for me, but just because I'm not that into collectibles. But I think, like, I support them. I think they're great. If you wanted to have some, like, Magic the Gathering or Dungeons and Dragons collectibles, I think that's the way to go. Like, I know some people are, like, hard on Funko Pops, and I don't find the aesthetic very appealing. But at least they're small, and they're pretty easy to recognize what they are, and if they fall, they don't break into a million pieces. Yeah, their heads usually break off. Well, you can glue that back on. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny, because Funkos were something that I used to be completely annoyed with. I'm like, oh my god, these are so dumb. And I think I have, like, 30 of them. Yeah, I... It's just like the aesthetic isn't for me, but it's sure. the same thing. I think they're great for people. If you want to collect stuff, you may as well get stuff that's good or stuff that isn't easy to break. Yeah, yeah. But, Nolan, how about um, you? Do you think this is something either of your boys would enjoy? Um, I don't... Th- well, I'm sure they would, but not for the same reasons. I mean, it could be a it could be a stuffed anything, you know, and I think that's that's the jam there. So uh, it has, it'll definitely... It has its market there, people that into it that are young and old. Um and I didn't think the price tag was very difficult. I think it, it's right timing for, um, it's a it's a good stocking stuffer. You know, I could see you know you work with somebody that likes D and D and you see these things and it's you know fifteen, sixteen, twenty dollars or something like that. You can buy and give it to them as a gift and be like, you know what I mean? Like it it, it kind of takes the guesswork out of anything of it. It's it's a fun, it's a soft thing, it's not breakable. Um, so I I think it is just a good gift item. Um, and again, as you know, maybe, you know, like, again, if they had a cool dragon one or whatever, if they had something that meant something, you know, uh, if there was an Aragorn one or a Gandalf one or a Balrog, you know, it's one of those things like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'd buy that for the kid. Like, Hey, look, here it is. They're like, Oh, it's from the Hobbit. And they'd go in the corner with the rest of them, you know, but also the mimic is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, I was almost hoping it was a chair. <laughs> <laughs> See, and you would have bought it for sure. There was also, I didn't include this in the show notes. 
There's also a series of nerf weapons that are being released that are D&D themed. Um, yep, it's going to be is it a rifle, a pistol, and a bow. And okay. unlike other bows in the past where you actually had like an arrow, the the drawstring is just a, the trigger at this point. So it, it'll shoot the normal nerf darts. And it sounds like these are target exclusives. Okay. Uh, Aiden, who has an arsenal of Nerf guns, like literally they have Nerf Wars at the college and he supplies all the guns. Yeah. Um, he's excited about these. He's like, I totally want these. So who knows? I didn't see any other D&D news. Did either of you? I know no, we're I getting close to their live play. Or is that correct? Yeah, I think they're keeping their heads down until that comes out. Right. I know that they okay. had a couple of things. Uh... D&D Beyond has a uh, 20% off books and bundles in the marketplace oh, for yeah. D&D Beyond's uh, anniversary. Yes. I actually meant to mention that, yeah. Um, yeah. So that apparently it's it's been four years of D&D Beyond, which I don't know how that's possible as well. But it looks like Gosh. that's a celebration is the 16th through the 20th. So if there's a missing book or something like that that you're into, uh, 20% off books and yeah. bundles. You know, if you think about D&D Beyond, we started using it when it was in beta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which means I have been paying for D and D Beyond for four years now. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it's only like five bucks. Yeah, yeah, it was something, something else. They should give me a book just because I've been paying so much. They're doing something nice for you. They're giving you twenty percent off for the. Oh, how how silly oh, yeah, of me! Yeah, I should yeah, realize that. My bad. <laughs> are there, Nolan? Are there any books that you don't have on D and D Beyond? Um, at this point, I don't. Th- think so i i haven't pre-ordered any of the new ones uh i i might because of this year because i was probably going to pick them up anyway i don't think there is i think i've picked them up wow i've i've gone fully that route instead of buying hardcover books and i think the big thing for me that solidified that and this is just a little side thing is i got the scarred lands one um and it is yeah. we play it every week when we can um, and I still pull up the PDF and maybe it's because we're playing digitally. Um, it is, but it's been in my closet and I couldn't tell you where it is other than it's in a stack of books that I haven't touched in probably a year. Um, and, a couple of years. Yeah. And so I think maybe if we were at a table, but even then I've brought the PHB every week that we've played in person. And sometimes I just crack it open to say, I looked at the pictures and forgot what's in there. Uh, but D and D beyond has been such a handy tool i mean it's just so much faster i don't have to look for stuff it's all right there it's a click away so uh, I, I'm, I'm i'm fully converted to this digital age um i like D beyond and even pdfs in general because I, I will often have the hard hardback book sitting on the table as well as my ipad and that way if we need extra copies of the book i can say well here's this i'll keep this um and there's been times where i've had like when i'm dming i'll have my ipad my computer and the book and that way, and I'll have them open to three different sections and be using them that way. Instead of that way, I'm not flipping through and slowing down the game. I can just be like, okay, it's over here. This is on this screen. And then I have the bookmark for this. So that's how I do it. Yeah. And with the, with the tabs and stuff like that. And, and I think the biggest thing for me too, is they continue to grow and improve. Um, they do. The dice rolling has been such a nice feature, seeing the game log. So everybody knows, I mean, you know, it just the encounters builder I used a lot when I DM'd, uh, just so I could know if you guys had a shot at dying or not, so I didn't have to factor in CR stuff. Uh, and then knowing yeah. how to adjust based upon your group there, and it kept everything. I'd, I'd know that I wanted to run two and a half, three encounters. Uh, I would just load them and set them. And if you guys got to that point, I just 
pull it up and it was there so yeah yeah dnd beyond is a fantastic I, I really yeah. at this point it's like when we do play scarred lands we i struggle when it's not in D beyond right like if it's a scarred mm -hmm. land specific thing i'm like oh hold on yeah start converting stuff over to it i think we've built our characters in there we've you know added yeah. the notes so we definitely use it a lot <laughs> we really do either of you used its encounter tracker i haven't yet okay because i was wondering nope. how that goes i i think D, D beyond is maybe a year or two away from having battle maps on the site that would be amazing it really would especially if what i want from D, &D beyond at this point especially as the dm is the ability to like number one roll because uh, the DM doesn't roll. If I roll dice, it's usually I'm rolling one of yours, you know, off of one of your character sheets, which yeah. you can roll to yourself so nobody sees them, which is fine. But that means, like, if I'm on Zach's character sheet and I roll to myself, Zach's going to see it. The oh. other thing I want is the, the ability to, like you said, have battle maps. And I want to be able to move things on the battle map, like as the DM, and then the players can see that thing moving. So I'm not sure how they're going to do that, but it would be really cool. The uh, looking at that encounter builder, uh, I had not done it, um, but I had an encounter saved in there from the last time I DM'd, and it is fascinating to me to see that you pop in everybody's initiative, you hit run encounter, um, and so like I put whoever's initiative is at top, that person pops up, I can click on uh, the character that's up, I can see their stats just to the right, uh, mm -hmm. I can click their decks, I can click their attack. Uh, I can click their hit points. I can subtract their hit points. And as soon as that character is done, I can hit next, and it goes to the next character. So that is so much better since the last time I ran it, and that was wow. a year and a half ago. That wasn't an option. But this is absolutely fascinating. And so, yeah, it says round one, turn two. Uh, I've got this creature up. I click it. I pull up its summary, its abilities. It gives me a list. I can just hover over it for its actions, I can click an attack, plus 10, yeah, damn. That's cool, that's really cool. And the, yeah, the reason I think that is because, like, we've played on Roll20, and I think Roll20 was good for what it was, but it's using, like, a programming language. And I know it's been around for forever, and I think it's good that it's been around, but they keep adding in all these systems that aren't Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, I know it's because, well, you got to expand your product, but also it's because people are going to be playing on D&D Beyond very soon. Roll20 has to be something different that makes sense. sooner rather than later. Crazy. That thing's cool. That's awesome. Anyway, I mean, it's a, tool, it's a tool that we all use, and, and I think we've, I know we've talked about it quite a bit. We should probably try to get somebody from D&D Beyond on the show to talk about the, the product itself. But I know every sure. one of us absolutely love it. There was a thing where all the people that made it, that got it going, that got started, they all took the buyout and they left. Yeah, that was that was kind of worrying because the people that took it over, Curse Media, they basically run fandom, like fan wikis. Yep. Yeah, and they also do like Curse also has like a huge add-on engine for like World of Warcraft. Yeah, and I think many other games. A lot, of, a lot of different stuff. It's. Yeah. It's interesting that like all those people kind of want it out, but maybe it's just because new management came in. They're all just moving on to bigger and better things. That happens. That happens all the time. Sure. All right, let's bounce over to Onyx Path because I know we still want to talk about the 2D20 system. Um, 
a little bit. Hopefully Zach's ready for that. <laughs> so let's jump over to Onyx Path quickly here. Uh, over at Onyx Path, the Squeaks in the Deep Kickstarter has come to an end. They they finished just above $50,000, which I, I believe that's probably pretty good. They were talking about wanting to break that 47000 mark, and, and clearly they did it. Next up for Onyx Path on Kickstarters will be a book from Werewolf the Apocalypse 20th Anniversary Edition. I can't remember the name of it. I know we've mentioned it in the past. And that's really all I saw from Onyx Path. Not a whole lot going on over there. Over at Modifius, they've announced several new products for Star Trek Adventures as well as the Fallout RPG. It looks like the release for the Fallout RPG is actually the pre-release, which there's a link in the show notes if you want to check that out. And then the Star Trek Adventures release is the Tricorder Edition, which includes books, rules, and supplements, dice, and a bunch of punch-out tokens, all of which are packed in this classic Tricorder pouch. So you can wear it as you go to your gaming session, I guess, if you want to. Uh, Modivius also announced a new supplement for Star Trek called the Shackleton Expanse, a new player's guide and game master's guide, as well as new dice for Star Trek. Both the uh, Fallout RPG and the Star Trek Adventure system use the 2D20 system that we're going to be talking about in just a little bit. Zach, you brought up earlier this week, uh, Magpie Games is currently funding a Kickstarter that's sitting at $5.6 million for the new RPG Avatar Legends, the role-playing game. Well, I'm familiar with the basis of the game, which is... Um, avatar the last airbender i am unfamiliar with the game as a whole so zach nolan what do you guys know about this one uh, you know i don't uh just mostly looking at this i had heard that they were working on it i know that they are super aggressively advertising it which i don't usually i mean every now and then i see some stuff for kickstarter uh pops up or this or this or this um this here is just about everything i hopped onto the weather channel the other day and it followed me there you know i mean they are they are getting after it uh, I know that it is a, I mean, it is one of probably the best animated series that came out in our generation as far as things go. And that's kind of saying a lot. I mean, it's an, it might be I'm gonna, all time. I'm going to disagree with you on there just a little okay. bit. I think it's probably the best ever. For an American made cartoon slash anime, it was done so well. And I like, uh, I like Asian based animes i love the art style i felt like they went to that route a lot um and yeah it it was good and it was right at that time period where i think it was kind of not post pokemon because pokemon's just kind of always there but there was a nice gap where the, the the cartoon area was kind of needing something people were on season seven eight or whatever of dragon ball z you know i mean all that stuff was kind of people were ready for something fresh and i think we're seeing that now with like my hero has kind of really triggered that uh but anyway, so in, in the world of Avatar, uh, people are born in different uh, nations. Uh, people of those nations have an affinity with an element. Um, and so it is the Fire Nation, the Air Nation, uh, water-bending tribe. Um, in the world, you, are, you have a chance to be born in that nation. You can manipulate that element. Um, the big premise is, is there is balance kept by one person who's born each cycle who can master all four elements. And, and that is the avatar. And so throughout history, that person has kind of kept the peace uh, and been balanced. Uh, so during the Aang saga, he's an airbender who ran away because he couldn't handle it. It was too much pressure as a child um, and disappeared. And during that time period, while he was gone, there was no balance. So the Fire Nation decided to take over. And so you kind of get that war era. And so 
what they've done is is they've kind of gone and said these are the generations of power play and you can play during that time you can play during the war era of ang you can play during the technology era of Korra. you can go back to the era of roku and, and so i thought that was kind of neat that'd be like playing uh star wars and you want to play you know any of the trilogies and say this is the system you go make a character you can be a jedi from you know the old republic or you can be a jedi during luke's era and one of his students and we're going to play through the rise of skywalker while that's happening you're someplace else um so th- i love the eras of play i am, i'm curious to see how it works out as far as making stuff and getting people together just depending on that time period it would be hard to be a fire you know uh, a firebender and an airbender in the same group during some of those time periods so that would be kind of neat to see i the other area would be since we're so familiar with it being kind of a kit, the avatar is fairly young as far as age goes. We never, we get these brief glimpses of a 20th level Elementor avatar type situation. And they are just, I mean, they're literally moving mountains. They're, they're Superman around, they're Neo type situation. So I would be curious to see a character sheet of high level play of a true master because the true masters, when they show up, you're just like, you see a, such a small fraction of, of, potential insanity power type situation you mm-hmm. know and, and that's really cool so i don't know i mean <laughs> i think it's great i know my kids kind of got excited about it. like wait they're making a game you know and it was just one of those things of interest like yeah they're making a game like i was more excited so <laughs> it is currently the most funded rpg on kickstarter ever in fact i'm going through the list of like things that aren't <laughs> a if you go on the list of like most funded things, a lot of them on Kickstarter are like blockchain, Bitcoin type stuff. Discounting those, there's only like five things that have been funded more than this. Like watch stuff, Star Citizen, stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, I know I'm discounting Ethereum here, but I mean, that's a money making yep. venture. That's a little bit different than funding something because you want to enjoy it. $50 million. Like they asked for fifty thousand. Five million. Or fifty five million dollars, excuse yeah. me. I was like, wait, they asked what? for fifty thousand dollars and they got five million. Well, and I think the timing of it is right there as well. Um I saw that they have the cast for the Netflix uh yeah. show coming out for Avatar that they're doing. I know that the M Night Shamala one was not what? what we saw, what we wanted, so I think we all kind of block it out. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that exists. Okay. I don't think that came out yet. It's safe to ignore that one then. Um, you know? Do you know how bad that movie is? So bad. One of the actresses in it thought it was so bad that she lobbied hard to be in the sequel, The Legend of Korra, just so she could redeem herself. It was rough. It was an abomination. I never That's watched a whole... it. Yeah, oh, you're not don't. missing out. So I know that the original cartoonists um, have kind of reclaimed their space i guess and Mm -hmm. have said you know what if we're going to do this we're going to do this it's not going to be like oh we're bringing somebody in and you're going to interpret it and make it your own no we did that um and and they did from the behind the scenes of watching them go like for their epic cartoon selves they went over and they learned from some of the top animators over in japan um so they could bring that style and element so there are times where you're watching you're just like this thing just cranked it up a notch this is this is something cool um this Kickstarter looks fantastic. There is a ton of adventure books with it. There is, uh, I mean, I don't think we always see that. Usually you just kind of get, here's, you know, here's this book, go write your own story. I, I tried to get their little, like, 
sneak preview. You just put in your email address and they would email you one. And I couldn't get one because their site was crashing. Crazy. I think it's interesting. Um, it's ran, It's The engine is powered by the apocalypse, which I hadn't really heard of except in relation to some some news about like the general RPG kind of Let's Play world. Because uh, a man named Adam Coble, I think, used Powered by the Apocalypse's system to create Dungeon World. And uh, Powered by the Apocalypse, like the idea behind the system is that you could take it and it would be easy to homebrew into your own stuff. Adam, is, kinda... a, Adam is a fairly well-known uh, uh, streamer for d and yeah. RPGs. Yeah, like his his kind of like his claim to fame was creating Dungeon World with another guy, Adam Sil Silveris. Sorry, I, I don't know these guys. I, I do apologize. Um, I think the system is kind of cool because uh, it doesn't like. I think you just all you need is two dice, two d two d sixes, and it's always the same. You choose to do a move. Uh, six and under is a failure. Between uh, 7, 8, and 9 is a partial success, and then 10, 11, and 12 is perfect success. And the Game Master is called the Master of Ceremonies, and they don't do anything unless one of the players fails. Like, in Dungeon World, like, if everyone chooses to do, like, the hack and slash move, and they all roll above 10, the DM just doesn't get to do anything. Because they only get to, like make an attack towards the character when they get a partial success or if they fail. So, like, I think that's a... I actually think that's kind of, like, a good move for Avatar The Last Airbender because it's... Like, how do you balance, the like, the shift in power level? Like, I think in this, you can have the Avatar and his close friends and the best character, Sokka, going around and they can all contribute. Because in reality, like, I mean, the Legend of Korra, the whole show is about the, like, the difference in power that the Avatar wields. They're a super monarch, like a superpower in and of themselves. Imagine if the Queen of England would just had the power of a nuclear bomb. What would that be like? That's the Avatar. Like, how are you supposed to contribute when in Dungeons and Dragons, when one character starts off at level twenty? And they're a level 20 wizard and a level 20 fighter. And you're starting off at level one with a boomerang. With but a empowered boomerang. By, empowered by the apocalypse, it doesn't matter. Well, and I think not every, not every situation is going to call for raw power. Like, I think the most common thing is take by force, where you take supplies from people. And I think as you look at that, too, from a, a mentality standpoint, now you take all that and you put it in an eight-year-old child. Yeah. And from the day you're born, you're like, you can do insane things. You're going to, you know, it, it is the Superman complex, right? It is, you know, uh, the Kent's telling him, like, you, you, you're different. You're above all this. You have to be careful. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this because you are better than everybody. You are stronger. You're faster. You will hurt people. You get mad. People die. Like, this is the stuff. Um, and, and by the time it's all done, you're going to be the savior of everything. So uh, 
good luck, lay low. Luck, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, so I, I love the mental aspect of that. You know, I, I think that is kind of an interesting thing of that would be a fun thing to play. You are a 20th level wizard and yes, you could blow up water deep, but you don't need to. There are other ways, there are better ways because what happens is, is now all of a sudden you are a tyrant. Now you are the dark Lord. You are, you know, people will come for you to put you down. Like, so mm-hmm. playing role playing that young person with all the power or not necessarily even a young person, just a, a fresh adventurer, right? I'm 24, I'm 32, whatever your character age is, you're fresh in the world, you're seeing wrong. You can do it. Like you could obliterate the entire orc invading army off the map, but then you have 10,000 souls deaths on your conscience because you can. That's a weird power struggle. And so I, it's, it's a cool thing. I think it's a fascinating area. Um, I like the special art covers of this, I guess, as far as a Kickstarter goes. I like their add-ons. I don't find it super expensive. The add-ons for the adventures are $10. They're 30-page adventures. I want more of that in D&D. I want a 30-page $10 adventure to fill in gaps. And I think we get some of that, and I think DriveThruRPG does a great job of allowing people to put that kind of content out to fill in those gaps. But as somebody who plays D&D Beyond, it's hard to bring that stuff in. Yeah. So, Were you going to back this? I might just, just like just from a standpoint of again it I I see it as an opportunity to play with my kids um and, and and a part of me I don't know if that's something that you know I know that there's a bunch of people that are a fan of this stuff I by nature love martial arts I've been wanting a uh you know eastern based style D&D add-on like we got with the uh, Oriental Adventure Guide um, I, I love that lore. I love the fighting styles like that for me is just something that I really enjoy. And this kind of hits on a lot of that stuff it, so you, when you make a character in this one here, you can be one from one of the four tribes and be a bender. You can be a martial arts master, um, because that is a very common thing where people would cool. You have fire. I don't, I've mastered the sword. I can deflect your fire. Um, and then as you get into the core age, you start to build into the technology. So now technology is meeting the old ways is meeting the martial way. And so it's got a lot of opportunity for people who are interested in a lot of different things to come together and make a team i mean being a tinkerer in a group of five oh that's cool i've made this pistol that replicates yeah. water bending you know i mean it's been a while since i watched the show there's a character named ty lee and mm-hmm. she knows how to hit benders in certain places and turn their bending off and i'm pretty sure she only ever loses a fight by ambush like unless unless the benders can catch her off guard, she only loses one fight, and she was walking on her hands trying to show a bear how to do a handstand when she's ambushed. Like, other than that, I'm pretty sure she wins every fight she's in. Well, I think you see that with uh, you know, I think you see that a lot with martial arts in general, right? I show up with a knife that I barely know how to use, and you know how to disarm me, you know, type situation. So you rest on the fact that. You know, if you're a firebender and it's second nature, this is what you know and it's easy and you've had this advantage, right? You were you were the six foot four kid in sixth grade who didn't need to learn how to dribble or jump because you stood on your tippy toes. And then I'm the kid yeah. that had a growth spurt, you know, in high school and able to dunk on you because I grew up small, I learned small, I worked harder, and it you know, it turned into LeBron yeah. James versus just that tall kid that used to be really good in high school because he was four feet taller than everybody, you know. So yeah. It's cool. I, I like it. I like the idea. I, I like the martial arts aspect. The story is so good. It's such a fun journey. Um, it's it's one of the ones that we cycle through our house as well. Um, you yeah. know, about every other year Both. we sit down and watch, you know, the, the Avatar series. Yeah. I think, like, if you got Netflix, you have Avatar, The Last Airbender, and Legend of Korra now. 
think they're both on there. A live action story That's is coming cool. soon. And I think the two creators were working on the Netflix series. Yep. And they left it because Nickelodeon called them and said, come make another one. So yeah. I think wow. another animated one is is down the pipe. I and I'm I'm hoping that they're going to make it not for a next generation of young people. I hope they do kind of the Transformers thing and they make it for the people that grew up with it. I want, again, we see these little glimpses of power, right? I want to see the height, the high power. I want to see an older public, right? I want to see it where you see a Master Jedi do his thing. I want to see the Avatar. You know, again, it's a Superman thing. You can change the world with force, but people are going to resent you. So you can do the psychological study of growth there, and that can be a great thing. And then sometimes you just have to literally pick up the mountain and put it on top of the volcano, and everybody's just like, oh, yeah, don't mess with that guy. So for me, when it comes to Avatar, one of the things that I loved about Avatar, or love about Avatar, as I'm sure most of our listeners probably don't know, that I practiced Kung Fu for more than a decade. And when I look at Avatar, and because Avatar, everything they do when it comes to bending is those are all Kung Fu. That is Kung Fu. It's all different styles of Kung Fu. Uh, water bending is Tai Chi. Uh, Hungar is the basis for earth bending. And Hungar is actually the style that, that I learned. It's very rooted in Hungar forms. Seems so I, you are the when I, it's crazy because like when I watched Avatar and I watched the earth bending side of it and I didn't realize that they had based it on, I'm like, whoa, that's, you know, and then say the move that they're doing. And I was Interesting because my Sifu was really big in Avatar, and he's like, "Yeah, it's because and I because I and I wasn't aware." Northern Shaolin is the basis for fire bending, and then Bagua is the basis for air bending. So I, I that's what I loved about it, uh, how just how thorough they were when it came to those styles and how well they're represented. They handled and then again, it with the story is just fantastic. Yeah, award winning. Yeah, it's it's well, and again, I it's think amazing. You can look at this, right? We were we were impressed with uh, Critical Role. I think it's like one of those things. If you knew it was beloved, you knew it was going to go crazy, um, and then you see the outpouring for it, and you're like, oh wow, it's bigger than I thought. This is one of those moments for me as well. This is something that I would never in a million years guess would hit five million dollars. And it's yeah. just from a standpoint right. of, you know, you just don't know. Like it was a, that's like going to a, a convention, right? It's like, you know there's more people like me. Like it's a, it's a cool feeling to see that this is going to be so popular. I'm curious to see if there's going to be some people to do some plays on it. You know, uh, I'm sure we'll see something come out of it, but looks good. The product looks good. I don't feel like it's a huge money grab either, which is really interesting to me. Like I, f- I look at this and I see value. My back, it just kind of warm. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at too. Like I'm again, because of I, it, it scratches that itch is something I feel like I'm missing as well. Just from that. Monks and 5e are very disappointing to me. And I want to see something like this. So it's cool. Congrats to them. That's fantastic. And looking forward to all the stuff that comes with it. Especially if they if the live action takes off. I think Netflix is a great area for that to yeah. be after seeing The Witcher. And I think some of that, those expectations of what you can do with those. Um, and I think you're seeing it too from people who make movies. Uh, this is the future. People are going to stream. We, we're going to make stuff on Netflix and it's got to be of a quality level and God, what a good home for it. Right. right. Okay. Let's jump over to free league. Uh, Zach, we are running out of time this week. We may have to do the 2d 20 next week. I think that's a good idea. Cause yeah, we, it was clear that we all really wanted to talk about avatar, the last airbender. Yeah. That should have just been our, 
maybe i don't know i it might be worth reaching out to magpie and see if we can get somebody from their team to come on and actually talk about the game with us i, I will work on that this week see if even just if they've got some sort of press release type situation of they can show us a little bit behind the scenes so we have a better idea of what's going on yeah Let's talk about free league real quick uh, because they also have a kickstarter that's going in free league you know i'm telling you there's some amazing games that free league is putting out and in this case, it's for um, Forbidden Lands RPG. And these are actually just supplements for Forbidden Lands because this this RPG is already in existence. And I guess it's like pretty nitty gritty D&D with Swedish horror mixed into it. Um, so this is the Forbidden Lands RPG Book of Beasts and the Blood March. The asking price on this was $11,574. They're sitting at $281,578. So you talk about just a huge, huge jump from what they were asking for uh, this i didn't know anything about uh forbidden lands so i, I went in and checked for um their their website just to see what what this was and it says forbidden lands is a new take on a classic fantasy role-playing in this sandbox survival role-playing game not heroes sent on mission on missions dictated by others instead you are raiders and rogues bent on making your own mark on a cursed world you will discover lost tombs fight terrible monsters wander the wildlands, and if you live long enough, build your own stronghold to defend. So it just sounds like a, a pretty nitty-gritty D&D system. And so I thought that was really interesting, and I wanted to make sure that we mentioned that that Kickstarter was going, and it's going well. It looks like Forbidden the Lands has... Fantastic. Oh, most of the Free League games' arts are just amazing. They're definitely yeah. nailing So there's style. 11 days to go on this one. What's that, Nolan? Oh, they're definitely just nailing that style. Like, I, it's never going to get old looking at these. I, I know. I'm, I'm so excited because I know we're getting close to at least the PDF of the One Ring, and I can't wait to actually flip through that on my tablet to see how that looks. Yeah. So 11 days left on the on the Forbidden Lands Kickstarter. Funded in eight minutes, by the way. So right. that there's links uh, in the show notes for that one. And then jumping back to Magpie real quick, for Avatar... We have 18. Oh, I'm just watching it go up. It's at 5.7 million now, and it was at 5.6 something earlier. Uh, so, yeah, Avatar's got 18 days to go, and both of these are just huge. The huge Kickstarters to check out. They're, they're right, well, saying their us, release date is February 2020. I don't think that's, I don't buy that, but I hope it is. February 2022. 2022, yeah. It's like, 2020, 2020, that was 2020. Is there a misprint? I don't know what year it is. It's... Yeah, and, and I think it's important, especially with everything that's going on in the world, it's it's important to remember that these estimated dates, while they're nice, they very rarely hold up. I've been waiting for Mummy the Curse for over two years now, and I think even Deviant is starting to push that that length of time. So there's, there's definitely patience that's needed when it comes to these these massive kickstarters like this especially if you back it at a high level so as far as uh, the forbidden lands go um 2019 award at uk games expo for best role-playing game and 2019 people's choice award best role-playing game so i think we're seeing a lot of yeah overseas they're definitely apparently the team that's doing the things right yeah yeah really impressed with the stuff that's coming out of free league uh like i said i'm looking forward to the the, the one ring uh Symbarum, of course there's there's some neat stuff coming up very excited for Symbarum. and, and again yes the absolutely. art style is just 
So good. Yeah, you could just start buying prints of those to hang up and not be ever dissatisfied with them because they are just the right kind of creepy. Yep. I love the, the, just the kind of not detailed, soft look. I mean, it, it, it allows the imagination to make things so much worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's how the book Vessen is from Free League. I, I I really thoroughly enjoy flipping through that book, feeling the texture of the paper. And I know I talk about you know paper texture quite a bit because it really does bother me when I get a book and I feel like the paper is just like a watered-down cardstock, and I don't feel like they really put much thought into it. But well, there's something about these books that are coming from Free League that they're they're pretty impressive, and and, and I highly, highly recommend. Well, and you want something that's going to last, especially if you're going to back that kind of money, right. put that kind of money into something you want to feel like they care as well that you bought. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that is all the news for this week. We will be spending time looking at the 2D20 next week. This will give Nolan and I a chance to try to research the system as well, because I know a little bit about it, but that's it. So we were going to be relying on you completely this week, Zach. <laughs> so... And I know you've you've done a little bit of reading about it, so which is good. Yeah, I'm very, very will, interested. Other than that, I don't have anything else. Do either of you have anything else you want to add for this week? I don't think so. Really? Best of luck out there. Oh, cool. Hope everyone's doing well. Yeah, exactly. Well, that'll be our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.